the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Good day. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial. Let's go. Stocks rebounding led by Microsoft. It's nice to see. It's been the worst start to the stock market of a new year ever. You don't get to say that very often, do you? And all we got is a stupid t-shirt. I don't think anyone's dot well. The voice of Charlie Brown is dead. Wah, wah, wah. Want to get uh, even worse and creepier? He committed suicide. Doesn't that seem like the right way for Charlie Brown to go out? <clears throat> After all those times trying to kick the ball? Amazing ratings from San Francisco 49ers, Green Bay Packers. Even more amazing ratings for the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills game. So football seems to be back. Is that a pandemic, post-pandemic kind of thing? Don't know. Um, but the NFL is loving it. They're loving it. So let's talk about the market today and try to piece everything together that we can. Coming up, I'm going to have a guest from briefing.com to talk about what we're seeing in the markets and why. On top of that, we're going to go over what we saw a little bit yesterday. Again, a very strange day where the Dow had a furious rally at the end of the day to pair back and to regain most of its losses. NASDAQ was down 2.2%, down big. S&P 500 down 1.2%, down medium. And just a little bit lower was the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Very Goldilocksian day yesterday, no. 10-year treasury sits at 1.77. Today is Fed Day. If I were to sing a song, it would go like this. It would be a lounge singer song. Fed Day, nothing but Fed Day, nothing but Fed Day, da-da-da-da. So today is the day we're going to learn what the Fed had to say in Washington. And... Everyone is expecting the Fed to say, okay, we've done, we've cut a lot of the tapering. There's a little bit left to do. Now we're going to move on to interest rate hikes in March and see if the markets can take care of some of their deflation issues before then, or their overinflated stock market value. See what the numbers say. But from here on out, expect an interest rate hike at every Fed meeting until the numbers soften in inflation. <clears throat> so we will beat this thing. But do we stay out of bear market territory in the process? Or do we dip into bears with individual stocks, which we have done? But does the whole market come down? Stocks are officially a second half team. If you've ever been watching football or basketball enough, the Golden State Warriors this year, at the start of the season, were very, very good in the third quarter. 
it's as if their coach said, okay, guys, at halftime, here's how we're going to retinker. And it works every single time. The markets are turning into a second half of the day kind of market. Interesting, right? The latest financial world is squarely on Jerome Powell's shoulders today. I think that's fair to say. One year ago today, a struggling video game retailer, GameStop, shot up 90% and another 60% in extended trading. It was the start of meme stock mania. January 26, 2022, finds legendary meme stocks like GameStop and AMC looking more like Michael Jordan on the Wizards versus Michael Jordan on the Bulls. With the easy access to Robinhood, I'm not allowed to trade on Robinhood, but I watched trade go through on Robinhood. It's crazy how sweet and fun it looks. Okay, so GameStop and AMC shares have taken a big beating in 2022. Again, it's all about earnings. That's why I'm a little bit freaked out by crypto. It's an asset that's tough to define. Is it money? Is it not money? With uh, Peloton this week, as the stock was going down, 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 we were able to look at the stock and see that insiders were selling the stock. They disclosed how many shares they sold, the big blocks that they unleashed. You don't get that with cryptocurrency. So the people who are pumping it up and loving it, they're not telling you when they're selling it. That's going to be a problem in the future. The anonymity is wonderful. The anonymity is a curse. Global chip shortage. And I'm not talking nachos. I'm not talking Doritos. I'm not talking Lay's. The global chip shortage is still on the table this year. U.S. companies have less than a five-day supply of semiconductors. That's an alarming shortage. Commerce Department report based on a survey of 150 companies that buys and sells chips. So the demand for semiconductors jumped 17% from 2019 to 2021. There was no proportionate increase in supply. The shortage has juiced up the price of cars, stoked inflation in other sectors, and made acquiring a PS5 or resume additional worthy skill. Do you know I got two PlayStation 5s, two Xboxes on day one? I should put that on my resume. And if I was 22 years old and single, I should use I should put it on a business card and pass it around when I'm trying to meet the ladies on, on the social media sites. Can you imagine me on social media? What a nightmare that would be. What do you do for a living? I talk stocks. They're not really what do you do for a living? Yeah, I kind of talk investing, retirement. Congress has to pass legislation that's going to bolster the American semiconductor production. That's going to be a theme in the next two or three years of capital X, how much a semiconductor company spends on equipment so they can make their own in the United States or how many foundries start up in the United States in odd areas like Ohio. Pfizer BioNTech started clinical trials for an Omicron specific vaccine yesterday. The results will help pharmaceutical partners decide whether to replace their current jab with one that targets the uh, most current COVID variant that seems like it's going to happen. 
So we have at least one more round of shots, and then we go into the hopefully booster flu shot kind of business model. Otherwise, I think we're all going to lose our minds if we haven't already lost our minds. Just throwing that out there for you today. Investors are bracing for a NASDAQ sell-off to hit up, hit startup valuations. These are the stocks that came public in the last year. Whether they're SPACs or IPOs, the companies had rich valuations, came out with perfection price den. And if the market doesn't give it, the market will taketh away your market cap. Amazon is bringing its cashierless Go convenience stores to the suburbs. It's kind of weird to see. It's kind of like a 7-Eleven without cashiers. It's very, very weird. It looks better in the city than it does in the suburbs. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Microsoft had a good quarter. And they said, next quarter looks good too. Thus, the stock's carrying the market today with good news of earnings. We'll talk about this and much, much more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. Bitcoin and crypto are working their way back in favor after having a brutal week, a lot like the stock market. They seem to be a correlating asset, even though they shouldn't be a correlating asset. Gold, which is very interesting to see how gold is done in the day and age of Bitcoin. Not as well as you would think. When the stock market was in the, the toilet bowl yesterday and the day before, the day before, the day before, it seems that gold could have had its day because Bitcoin was in the toilet bowl, toilet bowl, toilet bowl, toilet bowl. And gold didn't really do anything. So maybe in a couple of years from now, we won't even be talking about gold, which would be quite a relief to me because it's one of those assets that when people want to talk about it, I really don't. I see gold as lovely and pretty. I see the demand coming out of the wedding season in India. Um, not a lot of industrial uses for gold. So I, I can't say, well, look, the economy is chugging along. It's going to do well. Lithium is the new gold, in my opinion, as far as industrial. Well, gold was never an industrial metal. Um, it's just something that we have a finite amount of. And Bitcoin is a digital thing that we have a finite amount of. Bitcoin, the leading digital asset, up 4% in the last 24 hours to 38,000. Something you may not be familiar with, you may be, is that Bitcoin trades 24-7-365. So there's no off times. And over the weekends, it can tank on you, which is pretty interesting. I, I find that interesting, at least. McDonald's say this, McDonald's says, ba da bop, bop, bop. The McPlant burger made Beyond Meat, sold by, made by Beyond Meat, sold better than expected. In December, participating McDonald's locations sold roughly 70 McPlant burgers per location every day. The burger chain began testing the plant-based burger in just eight restaurants, and they did a wider scale test. Um, and there's even a wider scale test starting February 14th. Interesting to make that on Love Day. 
also known as the day after the Super Bowl, also known as Love Day, February 14th. Oh, this speech that never goes over well, does it? Spouse says, why didn't you do something nice for me on Valentine's Day? I go, baby, 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 I do something nice for you every day. I love you so much. Your eyes are so beautiful. I don't buy you flowers because flowers die and I don't want you to die. I don't not buy flowers because they're expensive. I do not not buy flowers because I don't want to think about death. I want to spend the whole life with you, baby. Why don't I buy you a diamond, baby? Because it's a rock. I buy you a cubic zirconium so we have more money to live to the day we die with each other, baby. I love you, baby. I think our society needs to get over diamonds fast. Otherwise, we're going to die penniless and with a rock. Which, trust me, my neighbor has a big old quartz stone in her yard and I want to steal it because it looks cool. And it's not worth millions of dollars, if you know what I'm saying, because it's in her, on her yard. Anyhow, I just don't like stupid, expensive things like rocks. Even if they're rare. As rare as my love for you, baby. Um, diamonds are silly. College twin sisters are on the verge of making $1 million, becoming the queens of college sports. The Cavender twins are their names, and they're benefactors of the new rule that allows student athletes to make money off their images. They are saying this is going to destroy college football as the programs who figure out NFTs will get all the recruits because the best recruits will say, I deserve a little bit of money. So pay attention to the Haley and Hannah Cavender, twin basketball stars for Fresno State. Um, they literally are twins and they're blonde and blue hair, blonde hair, blue eyed. So they're very, very marketable. And they've got sponsors left and right. Worthy of note, they just have to go on their social media and dribble the balls between their legs on occasion. That was not a double pun or entendre or anything like that for the record. Oh, so Microsoft beats on earnings and revenues and they delivered that upbeat forecast. Probably the best thing that they did yesterday was deliver the upbeat forecast. After the market closed, I saw that Microsoft, they beat their revenue expectations. They beat their earnings expectations. And I saw them drift lower. In aftermarket, 5%. I was like, oh boy. This is telling me the market, you must be priced for perfection and you must blow it out of the park. Otherwise, you're going to be hit. And then they come on half an hour later and said, oh, by the way, we look really good in their earnings call. We look really good for next quarter. We're fine with that too. And that forward guidance is what's kind of saved us. New home sales rose to a nine-month high in December. Nancy Pelosi has said she's going to run for re-election. Tesla reports earnings today after the market closes. And speaking of a company that's priced for perfection, they probably will be for foreseeable future. Um, I bring that up in large part because competition has come in. Whether you see it as legit, I do not. I see all the electric vehicle competition as one or two generations behind Tesla. But that's not going to stop Ford from selling a lot of the F-150 trucks. 
I see one analyst has a $1,250 price target on Tesla and they've been getting beat up in the recent market pullback. Anything that's not earning money and has a high valuation is target number one. Any company that's earning money but has a high valuation is target number two. Any company that's earning money but has a moderate valuation, yeah, market can kind of forgive a little bit. Still gets caught up in the correction, but not to the tune of 20% of you pick up what I'm putting down. Chief Executive Elon Musk on Tesla's product roadmap after the earnings call is likely to include clarity around the time frame for the Cybertruck. Um, you always feel that with Tesla. You're like, oh, I remember that time they introduced that vehicle. I can go from zero to 60 in two seconds. And then it's delivered not that year, not the next year, not the year after, but the year after. How far does the Cybertruck slip? Because while the Cybertruck slips, Ford's F-150 gains traction. Sometime in the next two to three years, I may very well want a new vehicle, a new truck. My, my Toyota truck's got 80K on it. Somewhere around 120, 150 is where I feel most comfortable giving it up, even though it'll go to 200, 250. Um, but I can sell it. And it'll still hold some pretty good value with 100,000 miles. So sometime in the next two or three years, will I get a Cybertruck or will I get a Ford? My next vehicle, again, will probably be electric truck. I like the ability to haul things around for friends and family. Makes me useful, if that makes any sense. So Tesla, you're on watch tonight. Apple, you're on watch for tomorrow night. Federal Reserve, you're on watch for 11 o'clock this morning. We got a lot going on. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. An education first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. So some of the market strategists that I've talked to in the last 72 hours texted back and forth with me. We've not seen fears rallies like this in a long time. Maybe never racing a thousand point drop in the Dow one day as if it was nothing but a thing. Speaking about nothing but a thing, DOS's insights here today. Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. You make it look easy, Mr. O'Hare. What are you seeing in the markets these days at briefing? No, good morning, Rob. Uh, well, like you've seen tremendous volatility uh, with a bias to the downside. Uh, and I think that what we're seeing is largely what, um, you know, what we were sensing would happen and had writing about what would happen uh, when the time came. And that was, to be specific, when there was a, um, a, a shifting mentality about the Fed's uh, assertiveness in raising interest rates, you would see some difficulties for the equity market, which, of course, feasted on the persistence of low interest rates for so long, as well as the idea that interest rates wouldn't be going up anytime soon. And so we've seen a uh, a shift away from that expectation to now the Fed funds futures market signaling the potential for as many as four rate hikes here in 2022, and the Fed itself kind of uh, sounding the signal that they're also going to be uh, embracing some what is called quantitative tightening, uh, effectively where they're going to let uh, assets run off the balance sheet, so they're going to stop expanding their balance sheet, and um, and that's kind of all come together here at an intersection of where uh, valuations were stretched and uh, in, in general 
And in some other cases, they were just outlandish and ridiculous. And you've seen uh, the pullback as a result of that and, and a sharp pullback at that in many stock prices. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so you don't have to agree. But it's almost as if the Federal Reserve decided to raise interest rates after the inflation box already hit warning, warning, warning. Now they're saying, no, and we're going to slow down the economy as well. Um, it seems like really bad timing for the equity investor, the stock investor out there, that if you got in for the first time ever in January, you're very late to the party. But if you were here a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, you really benefited from the lower interest rates. <clears throat> the timing seems um, as if like you're doubling down in blackjack on a four and you're like, no, 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 you never do that. Um, it seems like it's not playing out well or it's really poorly timed the execution. Is that fair to say? I, well, it is. And I think, you know, what you also hear out there is that, the, you know, this, this idea that the, the Fed risks making a policy mistake. Well, from our vantage point, the, the policy, policy mistakes already been made. All right. The Fed is right. well behind the curve in terms of fighting inflation. So it's not does the Fed risk making a policy mistake. Does it risk making a second policy mistake? Right. And it can compound this issue. And and, you know, we would argue that this sell-off is a result of Fed policy, frankly, uh, because the Fed has basically blessed and allowed uh, this, uh, you know, this liquidity party to to run uh, a lot longer than it, than it than it should have, and uh, and obviously the Fed has been, um, you know, missed the mark entirely on the transient inflation view, and has no inflation fighting credibility, uh, as far as we can tell, at this juncture. And we think that uh, the risk here in the in the shorter term now is that the Fed, recognizing that it needs to regain that inflation fighting credibility and is already behind the curve, will be more aggressive and more assertive in terms of uh, raising rates and creating the sense that that so-called Fed put is no longer in play now. Um, you know, we've had obviously a tough sell-off here to begin the year. But relative to where we were uh, from the bottom in March 2020, and even before the pandemic hit, stock prices are still sharply higher, all right? You're still sitting on a great deal of uh, a paper wealth, if you will, uh, that's been provided by the stock market. So at this juncture anyway, I th think it's a little bit misguided for people to think that the Fed, looking at the sell-off here in the early part of this year, is going to to be worried uh, that a 25 basis point hike or even, you know, more than that is going to uh, really be the thing that, you know, kills the economy. Um, it might have some impact on the wealth effect, but I think we're still uh, we're still not at that point where the the behavior of the stock market is going to influence the Fed's decision making so much as uh, the, the, the level of inflation is and the potential that that inflation rate isn't going to moderate as quickly as the Fed might like to see uh, before the end of the year. So back to the real world, maybe, if I'm not talking inflation and interest rates, and uh, let's talk a little earnings. Microsoft did well last night. I started your page one this morning with the headline, Microsoft paves rebound road in front of Fed meeting. Uh, which do you think means more right now? Strong earnings from the big tech trillionaire companies or the Fed Reserve meeting today? Uh, I think as, as we look at the, the big picture, it would be the, the, the Fed right now. 
um, because the market has got to get its mind around what's going on with monetary policy. How quickly will the Fed raise rates? How 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 many times they might potentially raise rates, and that that will kind of clear the the smoke to allow people to focus more on on strong earnings growth when it when it sees it. Now, you know, Microsoft, of course, is is in its unique behemoth position, and there's no question they had a really strong report, very reassuring guidance. Uh, but you can juxtapose that with, say, a Kimberly Clark, right, uh, consumer products company, which is lowering its guidance for next year because of the higher costs it's experiencing uh, for packaging and transportation and labor, and and that's going to be, in our estimation, the more prevalent narrative coming out of this earnings season, more so than what we heard out of Microsoft. Now, clearly because of the size of Microsoft uh, and the size of these other stocks like Apple and uh, Alphabet and Meta platforms and the like, they have an ability to sort of keep things uh, in check if they can come through with the strong growth and reassuring guidance that Microsoft did to kind of like prevent you know, some more trapdoor selling. Um, but, uh, but in general, I think the market's uh, really going to be uh, dealing with an uphill battle uh, for a while here because of the uncertainty surrounding monetary policy and uh, as well as the uh, idea, I think, that a lot of people who probably wish they had reduced their, their risk exposure before the start of the year will now be looking at any rally effort to, uh, to do that. And so you're kind of going to get probably a lot of, um, you know, roller coaster action and sort of that one step forward, one and a half step back type of uh, action here in the equity market for the time being. I want to ask the question, but at the same time, I don't want to be rude. Do you think this is going to be more of a correction type scenario that plays out where we're back to all time highs and four to five, six months down the road? where corrections of 10% in the S&P 500 tend to recoup their gains after about 180 days? Or do you think this can be more of a bear market where it could be a, a year, year and a half type scenario where we're not talking about all-time highs for a while? Yeah. Um, I, that's a really tough question to, to answer because I think, okay. you know, we just don't have enough visibility on kind of, uh, you know, where, where longer-term interest rates are going to settle down here. And I think uh, uh, with respect to the question, though, something, you know, is looking at and may need to remind our subscribers and can remind your listeners today even is that um, there will be some stocks that, that do exactly as you suggest. They'll rally back to their highs and, and they'll look really good. There's going to be a lot of stocks, though, that won't get back to those highs we saw last year for a really long time. Um, and the reminder it can offer up here is when the NASDAQ peaked in, uh, in March of 2000 during the bubble, dot-com bubble, the sell-off to the low was a process. It didn't happen within a month or two. It took almost, it took over two years. It took nearly three years before we got to the bottom. It was October of 2002. And it took 15 years to get back to the peak of that NASDAQ uh, composite during the dot-com bubble days. So you're going to have a lot of like trading vehicles here for a while, but some of these stocks that were the story stocks that were profitless and were afforded these egregious valuations of 50, 60, 70, 80 times sales, uh, we don't expect those types of names to get back to their highs 
anytime soon, if ever, uh, particularly in the face of what's going to be a rising interest rate environment. Good stuff. You've got about a minute. Can you tell me any other thoughts that you're working on that you want to share with us? Well, you know, I think in terms of the big picture article that I uh, that I write and publish each Friday, um, it'll take one of two directions. It most likely could be written today, so to speak, by the Fed and and what we hear from from the Fed and how the market reacts to it. Um, and then the other angle, perhaps, could be exactly what you and I just discussed. I was looking into that that matter, and, um, and and it's just another reminder too that in an environment like this, you still need to be focused and should be focused on investing in those companies that are quality companies, generating free cash flow, earnings, uh, and uh, and in most cases, pay pay a dividend. So there's an income stream available to you. This is not the time to really be investing in those those story stocks. You may, may be able to trade them, but I think um, uh, right now it's a little bit too dicey to be investing in them at this juncture. Well said. I'm not going to recap because I don't want to put the words in your mouth. You said it very clearly there, and I liked it. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com talking about and reminding us that's the best thing that I think I came out of this segment with reminding us that the NASDAQ took a long time to recover its all time highs starting back in 2000. It took a long time take a look at that chart. And he's, he's onto something there as far as analysis goes and insights. You can find him at briefing.com. He is Patrick O'Hare, the one, the only, I enjoy talking with him each and every week. Briefing.com is a reliable source of international and domestic news on the economy and markets and much, much more. An education first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. The NFL had a good weekend. How good of a weekend and how good of a year for sponsors. A very good weekend for viewerships, which helps with the sponsorship deals. Over the long term, sports gambling companies, casinos, and lotteries. Woohoo! Can't turn on a big NFL game without seeing lots and lots of sponsors. DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, huge agreements. Verizon had one of the most prominent NFL deals. They paid the league over $300 million annually. Microsoft Service Taplet. When you would see the quarterback go to the sidelines and Patrick Mahomes knew he had 16 seconds or something ridiculous to score a two, two pass drive and a kick a field goal. Holy mackerel. That surface tablet could be seen on the sidelines, right? hundred million dollars. Microsoft pays for that Verizon with the, how do we call her anything other than Verizon female spokesperson that when she comes on, you kind of pay attention. Uh, Microsoft pair replaced that. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Verizon did well replacing him with her because <clears throat> she um, she directs those spots now. Like she's kind of a thing in advertising as far as pitch people go. So big money. Let's repeat this. Verizon, 300 million. Microsoft, 100 million. Anheuser-Busch, 250 million. Interestingly, the NFL does not have sponsors for crypto, and the NFL does not have sponsors yet uh, for wine, which, okay, you can see how their viewership is changing, uh, maybe trying to be more female inclusive, maybe, I don't know, beer is that much of a thing? Uh, the NFL, how much does Domino's pay? I don't know. 
Good news for sponsors was that the Kansas City Chiefs Buffalo Bills game pulled in 42 million viewers. At one point in time, it peaked at 51 million viewers. That's a lot of Americans. It's half the Super Bowl in the United States. In Kansas City, 90% of the televisions were on the Chiefs game, which draws the question, what were the other 10% of people watching? Was it Rob Black and your money only at YouTube.com? I have my own channel. I'm kind of a big deal. I compete with the NFL. But even Saturday's game between the San Francisco 49ers, the Green Bay Packers pulled in 36.9 million viewers, which was stunning because we haven't seen that since the um, Winter Olympics when Nancy Kerrigan was going against Tanya Harding. It's been a while. So NFL taking a wait and see approach with cryptocurrency. They pulled in over $2 billion in tech, gambling, and alcohol sponsors last year alone. Worthy of note. Mortgage refinance demand plunges 13% as interest rates climb to a two-year high. One of the questions that I asked Patrick O'Hare in the last segment was, what's more important, Federal Reserve today or the earnings that Microsoft projected for 90 days away from now? And I think he said it absolutely correctly. Today, we care about the Fed. In the future, we'll care, care more about earnings. Today, we worry about the 10-year interest rate. In the next three years, we're going to care more about what company made billions of dollars, what company couldn't ever get their footing back. And he was brilliant when he said some companies will never, ever get their pandemic highs. And I think you can read between the lines and say Peloton. So if you are the person who bought Peloton at an all-time high, you are that person. McDonald's McPlant burger made with Beyond Meat sold better than expected. I like that story because it's not about elections. It's not about inflation. It's about trends. And what are we willing to eat for the long term? Mattel recoups the Disney Princess toy license while Hasbro hung on to the Star Wars license. Um, They both make toys based on other people's characters. Um, I think that's worthy of note in the sense that you have to think of things as product, 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 product. Hopefully that, that rings true with you. And I'm not coming across as too crazy. On January 23rd, 1992, January 23rd, 1992, Whole Foods went public. It had just 12 stores at the time. I remember this. The first thought you had in mind when you heard the word Amazon was still rainforest. So Whole Foods was pre-Amazon. Amazon Amazon eventually acquires Whole Foods. On January 23rd, 2015, Gap shut down Piper Lime. It's online first brand, um, direct to consumer. I'm sure the boardrooms were all abuzz with this, this business concept. It just never clicked because it was probably Gap and not Amazon. In 1935, on this day, the first canned beer was sold in the United States in Richmond, Virginia. On this day in retail history, J.C. Penney's announced that it was finally exiting the catalog business in 2011. Many of us grew up with catalogs as children. And on this day in 1964, Nike was founded as Blue Ribbon Sports. Listen to this crazy statistic and why you want to invest in the telecom technology arena. In 2010, um, on non-voice issues on your phone, 
things that we did on our phone in 2010 that were not directly tied to talking to a human being. We spent 24 minutes. In 2021, we now spend not talking on our phone, but on our phone, four hours and 23 minutes a day. So in 2010, we spent 3% of our waking hours. Now today, we spend a third of our waking hours. Out of 12 hours of being awake, we're spending four hours and 23 minutes. Wow. Um, does that tell you what Apple has? You can't call it a phone. You've got to call it a little entertainment box or a, a newspaper or, right, music, TV. It's much, much more than just calling your friend on your Apple phone. 2010, 24 minutes. It's jumped all the way to four hours and 23 minutes today. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.